Cat and Moose podcast. I'm Cat and I'm Moose. This is a true life podcast where we explore the quirks of being human. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Bullshit. Bullshit is right. Happy Christmas to those of you who celebrate. Hello and happy Christmas to you. And happy holidays in general. And you singing that song and then me saying bullshit reminded me of a story of um, we've talked several times about my quote unquote elderly friend that I have. Mm. Yeah. And um, the Christmas after her husband passed away, um, she was over um, at my house and um, I had Christmas music playing and that song, it's the most wonderful time of the year. And she turned and looked at me and she said, you know what? It's not, (laughs) it's not the most wonderful time of the year because this is my first Christmas without my lifelong partner Mm, and it doesn't feel like the most wonderful time of the year. Mm -hmm. And I said to her, I said her name and I said, do you want to, do you want to talk back to this song? And this is before I did any of this therapy shit. Right. (laughs) I was like, do you want to talk back to the song? And she was like, yeah, I do. And I said, what do you want to say when they say this is the most wonderful time of the year? She goes, Bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing better than an old person cussing. I got to tell you. Yeah. (laughs) So I can't hear that song without thinking of her. And after the chorus, every time going bullshit. (laughs) That's incredible. So for those of you out there who don't enjoy the holiday season, um, just know that you're in good company and um, that we hope that this holiday season maybe is just a little bit more comfortable for you than the last one. Yes. Yeah. Or it just might suck, you know? I, I got to tell you, speaking of Christmas, um, I Googled, as I do, what do normal families do on Christmas? <laughs> and it was a whole bunch of bullshit. Like, I mean, some of them were good and cute, and but nothing was, like, new. It was, like, tree lighting ceremony, you know, the cookie exchange, which, I mean, would you guys ever do a cookie exchange? Mm-mm. I don't think so. No. <laughs> it's, like, too delicate for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to tell you, our stocking exchange this year is going to be epic. I'm pretty excited. It's going to be epic. I have been working on you guys' stockings like a crazy person. I'm, I don't know if you have. Have you? Oh, I have. I'm so excited. Now it's a competition. Okay. No, game no, on. No, game no, it's, no, on. no. You'll win. You'll win if it's a competition. No, 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 well, no. Well, then, okay. So how do I not make it a competition? Um, you just make my stocking how you were planning on making it. And if you weren't planning on making it at all, I'm giving you a few days notice. No, I've already told you you get a stocking. We do get stockings. So I would not do a Christmas cookie exchange. That's like when people, you know, and this excludes you, Kat. So don't don't take this personally because you and I know each other. But you know how people, I don't know if normal people do this, but like, People will be like, wouldn't it be fun to have a sleepover as an adult? 
And the answer is a solid no for me because I pictured like a cookie exchange, like a bunch of people like braiding each other's hair and like <laughs> just a lot of gentle touching and heart sharing and stuff like that. And that's a little overwhelming, you know? Mm. That's how the cookie exchange comes across. Mm. Yeah. But anyway, um, so yeah, I, I didn't get any ideas. Um, I will tell you on the list also was, <laughs> I just want you guys to picture your families and see if you would do this, okay? Okay. Go caroling, or it gives you an option, Host a sing-along at home. Mm, neither. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. I know people who would do that, and I'm not going to do that. <laughs> like, I... Okay, like, I'm reading this article. I, I don't know. It's from Good Housekeeping or something. Um, something I would never read, so I don't know why I was looking at it. But <laughs> it answered my Google question. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I cannot imagine being like... Hey everyone, put your Christmas sweaters on and just showing up at my neighbor's house, clutching one hand to another, singing, We wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. I mean, nobody's going to open their door. And I had to check to see if this article was written before the pandemic. And it wasn't who is going to open their damn door to a bunch of fools wearing Christmas sweaters, singing at them. (laughs) It's the most COVID spreading idea. (laughs) Well, I, I read, um, I, I, a friend of mine showed me something, um, that was on social media about this woman who had, um, um, listed out a detailed itinerary for the Christmas holiday and it was over a span of like four days and literally she Hmm. had like every hour of every day it's like here's when we're going to do gift exchange and here's when we're going to do singing and here's when we're going to bring out the roasted turkey and here's when we're going to bring out you know blah 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 and then aunt so-and-so is coming over whatever and that would really stress me out me too yeah Anything structured like that is not going to go for me. Like I haven't even invited my family yet because I'm not sure I want them there. You know, like the idea of, I do like to like have an idea of a menu and that sort of thing. But as Mm -hmm. far as like there being rules, like here's the only rule that I told the family that is coming to this household. The week after Christmas, you're on your freaking own. (laughs) because there are people staying here for longer amounts of time than they normal stay normally stay here. And let me be clear. This was an honest conversation between like my sister and I of, Hey, we're going to be together 15 days. We figured out wow. she's going to be in my space 15 days. So during this week, Monday through Friday, you are on your own. So she actually called me today and was like, Hey, I'm just making sure on Monday after Christmas, And I said, there are no plans. And she said, okay, I'm making appointments for myself. And I said, (laughs) okay, enjoy. But that was a good boundary to be like, after we spend three days together, we don't really need to see each other for five. (laughs) And then we're going to get back together and hang out again. Yeah. Well, that was an excellent boundary. I'm super impressed. Mm -hmm. So why in the world is your sister going to be here for 15 days? Are you having another surgery? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> no, but I should schedule one while she's here. Maybe I can have a really lovely caretaker. That wouldn't be my sister, by the way. She would just be like, get it yourself. Um, but uh, so we she's coming for Christmas. And then we were planning this um, camping trip in January on the beach. And so we're doing that the first week of January. So instead of going home and coming back, she's just going to stay. But she's got a vacation. She has a bed to sleep in. And I am not in charge. I am not in charge. I am not in charge. Yay. I, I am, am free, free of responsibility. responsibility. <laughs> I've had to tell myself that so many times in the past few days with different circumstances that have come up. And there was one circumstance that came up where I was like, I am not in charge. I am not in charge. And I stopped for a second and I was like, no, somebody needs to take charge here. And so I did. Okay. I just took charge. You and, were in charge, and yeah. while it may or may not have been the right decision, it was the decision that I felt like served me and the situation and everybody in the situation well. And nobody seemed to have problems with it. So I was like, okay, sometimes it's good to choose to be in charge. And I think that mm -hmm. that's wonderful. And I want to invite your sister for a local distal acupressure session with me during Ooh. that week. Oh, she would love that. Yeah. So there seems to be, um, something behind you. <clears throat> yeah. I noticed there's, and I'm getting nervous about it. It's not Santa Claus, but there's definitely something. Oh, oh my, my God. God. What in the hell have you heard? Did you steal that from Macy's? <laughs> I didn't steal it. Will you tell our listeners who are not patrons and cannot see this what is happening? Yes. So um, I have an American Express card. Um, ever since I was really young, I felt like I was going to be successful if I owned an American Express card. And so um, when I started my business, once my credit got above like 50, um, <laughs> I was able to get an American Express card, which I pay off in full every month. Like that's kind of my rule. And nobody's judging you. By the way, I have one too that I don't pay off every month. Okay. So there's a lot, all kinds of people allowed. <laughs> okay, good. Um, and every year um, I have my Amex um, attached to my Amazon account. And every year I, I get, you know, American Express dollars. So it's like bonus dollars for, you know, how many times I've like paid for a flight on my card or whatever it is. And so at Christmas time each year, I use those dollars, those credits that I have. And so this year, the present that I bought for myself is a life-size female mannequin. And I am going to make her an amazing um, <laughs> acupressure model, like a life-size oh. acupressure model. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to enlist the help of um, some of my bodywork friends um, to do it. But I've got this whole plan. Like she's going to be painted with magnetic paint and then she's going to be painted with dry erase paint. And I've mm. got magnets and little colored dots. Wow. And, and this woman is going to be the most accurate acupressure model in all of the world and um, I just wanted you guys to see her before she came into her her full um, her full being I love her so can you stand up I've got questions can you put your arm around her is she like a store model or what's she made out of oh wow she really moves <laughs> look at the look at that arm wow look at that arm go up and down there oh, she's is. got another one. 
But what's it made out of? Um, it's it's like a, it's just plastic. Wow. It's like any any typical like like uh, mannequin that you would see in a store. Are you gonna put pasties on her breasts? Well, I've been wondering if I should equip her with underwear and some sort of like uh, you know like tube top type thing. Hmm. Oh, that's cool. And at the same time, it, while she is anatomically seemingly correct, um, her features aren't super pronounced, so it's not like she's got nipples and oh wow, wow, folds and you know contours on her face that that make her recognizable. So I, I do feel like she's kind of a a PG rated model, which was w- what I was going for. My favorite part was the picture you sent us earlier today of her just standing at the, you have a full, like full size door. That's like, it's, it's all doors are full size. Most doors are full size, (laughs) but the whole door is a window Mm -hmm. with a small frame around it for the door. And she's just standing in front of it, waving. Yes. Naked. Not okay. Hello neighbors. It's just not okay. Yeah. But she does have a Santa hat on. Well, I thought it would be super creepy for my neighbors. Um, in a nice Christmas blessing. So I just put a Santa hat on her head and I just stood her in the door for like two days. And here is why she is no longer there. Okay. Did you make someone have a heart attack? Every time I walked downstairs into my office, I gave myself a heart attack because she was standing there and she scared me so bad that like there was one time where I was like, okay, done. Like I can't have you in here. It just is freaking me out. So then I put her in the closet and then I made up a story about how she was her unique and precious, wonderful, whole self, naked without any shame. And then her parent abused her and put her in the closet. Oh my God. And so she's already got a story, you know? Well, because you're putting it on her. Right. Did you get put in a closet as a child? No. (laughs) But she did. I think you might have to go back to therapy, Kat. There is a story unfolding right in front of us. So wait, are you telling me you're going to have a second one of these? I ordered a full-sized acupressure lady that's already marked with all of the acupressure points and the meridians and all of that. And she's on back order and doesn't come until mid-February. And I genuinely want the practice of locating the acupressure points and drawing the meridians on this model because I think it will help me learn. Mm. I do too. So you will have two eventually. Uh-huh. Sissies. Great. That's going to be real fun around the house. I'm looking forward to this. I just think that they need to make some mannequins that aren't size zero. That's my only thought. Right. I was a little disappointed that she is size zero because I'm like, this actually isn't super representative of my body, except that she has a head, two arms, two legs. Yeah. I mean, Mm. I'm not mad at her just in case she wants to haunt me, but uh, maybe you, maybe she could come with like some... Like, like basically I want the feeling when I push in my belly, it's kind of jiggly. Mm -hmm. I want that feeling on her because the reality is Hmm. you're going to have to dig under there a little bit, aren't you, to find one of those spots? Well, that's really true. So maybe I need to give her, uh, uh, what are those costumes that actors and actresses wear? No, you're not. It's very controversial to wear a fat suit now, just so you know. Oh, it is. Oh, okay. Didn't you see Brennan... 
Frazier. <laughs> where where would I see Brendan Frazier? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Brendan Fraser, apparently we've been saying his name wrong all these years, but he's in the new movie The Whale and he wore what is called a fat suit. And I guess the controversy, which I understand is why not hire an actor or an actress who actually doesn't have to wear one. And so that's the conversation around that. But hmm. Brandon Fraser, the whale. Well, but I mean, if you want a particular actor, then either you make them gain weight or you alter their appearance. Yeah. Um, I really appreciate how many actors and actresses are out there right now that um, are a bit more robust. Like it makes me feel robust. robust. It makes me feel um, just a lot better as a person because I'm a big girl. And one of my favorite actresses who has really made a resurgence lately um, is Jennifer Coolidge. And I think oh, she's amazing. freaking amazing. Did you watch White Lotus too? Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Can't, Okay, look, if you have not watched and and are not afraid to watch, watch it so we can talk after Christmas about the ending, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I have like a million quotes from White Lotus that I thought were so funny. <laughs> it was a great season. I know. She's so great. Guys, um, I heard that we might be in the running for some fancy dancy award. Fancy dancy? Yeah. Are we up for a dance competition award, Sarah? Definitely not that. No, 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 no. No. Okay. So I submitted us for what is called the Signal Awards, which is a competition for the world's greatest podcasts. And one of the categories I picked was the Buddy Podcast, which hello. <laughs> and so apparently we are a finalist. There's five podcasts in the whole world that they picked for the Buddy Podcast. And um, we're in the running. So yeah, I think it's so awesome. If you love the Cat and Moose Podcast, then you can show your love to us in a tangible way. We want you to vote for us with the Signal Awards. Will you vote for us? Vote for us as the best buddy podcast on the signal awards vote for us vote for us it counts thanks for listening okay so i did something really neat this past week that i have never done before and i was curious if this is something that you guys would like to maybe join me oh god in as a christmas tradition in christmases in the future maybe well, I need more details before I commit. Sarah said, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe from me as well until we hear the whole spiel. <laughs> okay, so there is this uh, group of musicians here in Nashville. And my understanding is that they are full-time studio and or touring musicians. And they used to hang out and play music at a venue called the family wash um, back when the family wash was still around. And, um, one of the ideas that they came up with for the owner of the family wash was what if we as a band got together and we played through all of the Charlie Brown Christmas special music. Mm. 
um, mm-hmm. on stage and just invited people to come and have drinks and food and stuff like that. And so um, the owner said, yeah, that's amazing. And now that owner owns Eastside Bowl, which is on the east side of Nashville. It's actually in technically in, uh, I think, Madison. And they have taken this old Kmart building and they have created it to be two different lounges, a diner, an arcade, a bowling alley, and a theater. And so I went with some friends this past week to go see this group called The Ornaments, and they Mm. played through all of Charlie Brown's Christmas, and they played this thing called Christmas Song Roulette, which I loved. Basically, like one of them would start playing a song, and the other musicians are so talented that they knew what the song was and would just start playing (laughs) along. It it was really fun, and there were adults and children, and the children were dancing, and um, it was just a lot of fun. And and I just, I loved the opportunity to bowl. I played pool. I got to eat. I got a couple of nice drinks and got to hear great music. And it just, I was really kind of missing you guys the whole time I was there. Uh Like I was so glad to be with the friends I was with. And I found myself having moments going, oh my gosh, like I love you guys this way. And it's like, I want you guys to know each other. So I think it would be awesome if we could, um, kind of bring the Charlie Brown uh, Christmas tradition into something that the Cat and Moose podcast are a part of every year. I love it. I'm totally in. I would love it. I, I've heard of that place, but I've yet to go. But I love anything like that that's got like multiple things you can do. I love to play pool, by the way. Well, thank God, because I need an instructor. Like the people that I was there with very quickly revealed to all of us that I suck at pool. Well, these were not friends. I I can't tell you they were friends. No, they are friends. They're just really honest. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. I have to ask you a question, Kat. As I was shopping for Christmas presents, you know, my sister is a massage therapist as well. And I came across this and I thought, I'm going to have to ask Sarah and Kat, what the hell is going on here? This popped up. Oh, I'll let, give you a second. Well, my goodness, the 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 brand name Erotic Gel. The brand is Erotic Gel. Well, that's there's already a problem. Mm-hmm. Okay, first of all, this isn't because of any of my other searches, so nobody get any ideas here. <laughs> this I was looking up gifts for massage therapists, and this came up: inflatable massage sheet. Okay, so from the company who have trademarked themselves, Erotic Gel, they offer, complete with a QR code, the inflatable massage sheet. It is a black, durable, PVC, waterproof sheet with inflatable sides. Yeah. What, like, what do you even do with this? Well, you're the massage therapist. I didn't know if I should buy it for my sister or not and thought you could help me. Do you want this, Kat? I don't want this. <laughs> Do you need? Does your doll need it? <laughs> she might need an erotic gel. <laughs> does your doll need it? <laughs> she doesn't have a bed to sleep in in her closet, so maybe she does uh-huh. need it. But seriously, it's it looks like a garbage bag that has inflatable sides, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that is what it looks like. And I don't understand what, what it's like. How would one use this thing? Oh, oh, don't worry. I've got I've got something I can show you. There's a video. Okay, let's go to the video. Video. Okay, so this 
inflatable trash bag is now on a bed. Oh. 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 (laughs) I don't think this is for a massage therapist. Yeah, this is not for a massage therapist, Moose. (laughs) Oh, they also have, um, what is that called? (laughs) A a diffuser. I think it's for hot gel. I don't think this is sexy. That looks like wax to me. It does look like wax. What is she doing? Oh my gosh. That's erotic gel. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, Miss, where do you find this shit? Oh, God. On Amazon. Like, oh, but what why? is she doing? This is not. Oh my <laughs> gosh. You... I do think we watched something dirty just now. Oh, guys, this is again. I just took law and ethics class. And... That is what they want me to buy my sister for Christmas. No, <laughs> I'm going to say a hard no. <laughs> Okay, I agree. I think it's not a good idea. Okay, moving on. (laughs) Speaking of erotic gel, I wanted to share this. And look, guys, I just love very quirky, weird news stories. And so that's what I bring here to the podcast. So I'll let Kat read the headline here. It took a team of female scientists to find the... No. Uh -uh. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. This is... This is like legit news <laughs> no. from Mother Jones. No, then you read can, it. You can read it yourself. <laughs> okay, I guess you're nervous about how to say the word, so I'll read it. <laughs> it took a team of female scientists to find the snake clitoris. <laughs> and then the quote underneath it says, I think it's a combination of not knowing what to look for and not wanting to. <laughs> <laughs> feminist wrote this okay but anyway here's what it says scientific proof men can't find the clitoris look this this is not a an opinion piece i'm not saying this is true this is what it says female snakes have well you read this paragraph cat okay female snakes have clitorises scientists have detailed for the first time in a study of the animal's sex organs the scientists all of whom are women say previous research had mistaken the organs as scent glands or underdeveloped versions of penises in a study that criticized the comparatively limited research into female sex organs (laughs) Isn't that fascinating? Well, it, it is fascinating. And um, if we can just go back up to, I'd like to comment on that first paragraph. Um, yeah. Previous research had mistaken the organ as scent glands or underdeveloped versions of penises. So automatically, like science says, no, this can't be a female organ or, or part. What this must be is something that helps with the senses or it must be a penis. I, well, that's honestly, that's why I bring it is the normalized ideas. Looks like a penis must be a penis, <laughs> <laughs> but it goes on to say there's this, uh, in the journal proceedings of the Royal society B, the researchers found that snakes have two individual clitorises, hemiclitoris separated by tissue and hidden by skin on the underside of the tail. And it says female genitalia are cons- conspicuously overlooked in comparison to their male counterparts, limiting our understanding of sexual reproduction across vertebrae lineages. And so it's exactly what you said. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, Oh, well it must not be there. Yeah. But 
I just want to say bravo to these female scientists who went and looked for it. And there's lots more detail if you want to look on Mother Jones's um, Instagram page. Yeah, thank you for bringing that to the podcast, Moose. Like, <laughs> like once again, like let's find equality. Let's find um, where where we and our male counterparts are on the same page, just different. Mm. Yeah. Oh, Sarah has an iguana story. Sarah, what's your iguana story? <laughs> oh my gosh. We uh, were on a cruise this last weekend and um, we were visiting, this was in Nassau? No, this was in the Keys, right? Mm-hmm. And we rented some e-bikes and we're riding around the Keys and it was super fun. And um, we went through this cemetery that's been there for years and years. And it's similar to New Orleans where the um, graves need to be above ground because they're at sea level. Mm. So you can't really, mm-hmm. no sense in digging into the ground. Um, anyway, and some of these have just deteriorated and they're so old. And so we're riding around and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, there's all these like lizards everywhere and whatever. And then all of a sudden I see these three ginormous Iguanas. Iguanas? Iguanas. And um, I didn't know they were iguanas at first. I recognized them. They were pretty, maybe like two, two and a half feet long, like fairly good size. Three of them just chilling on one of these person's gravestones. And a guy comes by who's got this super long pole. Looks like a really long fishing pole, basically. And we're, he notices us looking at him and he tells us what they are. And he's like, it's my job this is my job today or whatever. And two of them scurry off and I go, oh, there's another one right here. Well, before I know it, he is, I've got a video of this. He is catching this thing, hooking it around. Oh, no. And it's just like writhing and wiggling. And I'm like, well, are you going to relocate it? And he goes, no, I'm going to kill it. (laughs) These things are varmints. And sure enough, he bagged it and I didn't watch him kill it, but he put it in a bag and I don't know where it went to. But apparently these things are like the a big part of the reason why these grave sites are just falling into the earth. Hmm. Yeah, they're collapsing underneath the ground because mm-hmm. these giant iguanas are getting down under there. And so they have to kill them. And he goes, go to the front of the cemetery. There's a five or six footer up there. Oh, my, and we didn't see it. But oh my gosh, could you imagine coming upon a five or six foot iguana? I mean... It would be like an alligator chasing you. Yeah, it would be like an alligator. And and also too, like something that is a little bit of a soapbox of mine when it comes to animal cruelty is that like, like humans have like really messed everything up. You know, it's like the fact that we feel like it is important to bury our dead above ground in big mausoleum type looking things and then kill the iguanas because the iguanas are trying to like figure shit out. Like, what have you guys done to my environment? It's like that just really upsets me a lot. I agree. Mm -hmm. I think it's really messed up. Yeah. Yeah. Man, what a super bizarre, what a bizarre problem to have. And um, I'm sorry, iguanas. I know. It was really sad. Mm-hmm. It makes me think that when I start passing judgment about people, um, it makes me think that, and, and I, I learned this from um, a conversation I had with my bodywork therapist just today um, about how um, acquiring data points is really important, like getting the the fuller, the bigger uh 
perspective of the story. It's like, Sarah, your perspective game. It's like, gosh, it's so important Mm -hmm. that we consider other people's perspectives. And I saw this thing um, Mm -hmm. on the internet the other day and it really, really fascinated me. And I wanted to share it with you guys. And I'm going to preface this with saying that um, I'm a Jesus follower. I love Jesus. And whether Jesus is your Lord and Savior, whether Jesus is a historical figure that's a part of a multi-generational lineage that um, Israel is not celebrated by your culture or your religion, either way, whatever he is to you, I think this is really cool and can certainly offer us um, some perspective. So what I read is that according to the scriptures, Jesus of Nazareth asks 307 questions. He is asked 183 questions of which he only answers three. Oh, asking questions was central to Jesus's life and teachings. In fact, for every question he answers directly, he asks literally 100. Oh, wow. Wow. What if we live that way? Yeah, man. Hmm. That's good. I thought that was pretty darn special. It is really good. That is. Especially with baby Jesus's birthday coming up. <laughs> can I can I share one more thing today? Yeah, absolutely. Please. So one of my coaches posted this phrase that she overheard at a training she was at. And it simply said, the more we own, the more we give up our inner peace. Hmm. Hmm. Like material stuff? Yeah. And so she was talking about kind of being resourceful and creative instead of being like someone who's constantly consuming things. Mm -hmm. And it got me thinking and I went down this little hole about like how, cause I've been really trying to at least think through what is um, being more of a minimalist look like in my life in every way, including things that are good for the planet. And, um, and you know, that's probably pretty new for me (laughs) to be honest. Like it just, I don't know, maybe the past three years, I've just really thought more about like when I'm running water, how much water I'm running and just like you said, Kat and Sarah's perspective game, like just recognizing that like, it's not, doesn't make me bad that I'm washing the dishes with water, but to be aware there are people who do not have clean water as I'm doing it. That's important Mm. to be aware of and to think through it. Right. Yeah. Well, so I went down this minimalism thing and there was this whole article talking about ways that you can minimize your life. And, you know, some of them made a lot of sense. uh, And some of them I rolled my eyes at. But one of the things that I came out of this article with was the name Bronnie Ware. And I did a deep dive on her and she has written this book um, and it is called The Five Regrets of the Dying. We're going to really end on an up note, guys. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) And so this woman um, took care of people. I don't know if she was a death doula or just a caregiver for those who were dying. But in this article, there are five things that this book uh, explores. And it's the five common regrets of the dying. And I'm not trying to end on a sad note. I'm trying to say... 
we can learn from people who have gone before us is what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say. And so I thought these mm-hmm. five common regrets were so interesting because that can, it can inform how we choose to live, I guess is what I'm getting at. So the first is I wish I dared to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. That one hits pretty deep for me. The second one is I wish I hadn't worked so hard. That one feels big to me because I, I work really, really hard. And then I get frustrated that I don't take much time off. Um, and so that one really resonates with me. Well, I want to encourage you to plan that now, like once a quarter, take a week off. Hmm. Okay. I wish I dared to express my feelings. I love that one. I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. I don't agree with that one. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) I wish that I'd let myself be happier. Hmm. Like that one and the first one sort of correlate to each other for me. Like if we are true to ourselves, I think we make choices that support our happiness. But that, anyway, it has nothing to do with minimalism. I just got led there by minimalism. But I just thought it's a good moment, especially that first one. We talk about the way of integrity and all of that. And I wish I had dared to live a life true to myself. And I just thought, I'm not going to wait until my deathbed to do that. So Hmm. uh, no announcement or anything, but I'm not going to. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I, I also think too, Moose, that like you and I have really, um, made efforts toward embodying that by, by doing this podcast, you know, and it's like you producer Sarah and me, like we all have found different avenues of expression in, in the creation of our podcast. And I think we're modeling that for other people in such a way that that is relatable and human, you know, because none of us have got it right. Like none of us have just got life figured out. If we did, we wouldn't be human and there wouldn't be the human condition and, and all of that kind of stuff. And I think like, I'd like to say here toward, um, the holiday season and the end of the year and the beginning of a new year, like let's continue to be our truest, most authentic, beautiful, unique, and precious selves because there's only one of us in the entire world in all of time. And let us let our light shine. I totally Mm. agree. I, I, we don't, I, it's just, you know, and I just want to mention the, the story of, of Twitch last week, um, taking his own life and how much uproar there was from people going like, I just can't believe it. He was so, he seemed so happy. And, you know, I've seen so many comments about like, you just don't know where people are and all these different things. And it's like, if we hear one message, like I think the hope that we can find inside of ourselves when things get dark is is that light of like I bring something to this world that nobody else can bring Mm -hmm. and if we can keep that going and I think part of that is just choosing to you know make choices as much as you are able I know not everyone is able but as much as you are able to make choices that go towards your truest self and what it is that you want Mm -hmm. I don't think it cures everything but I think it sure is a good starting point Heck yeah. I love it. Thanks for the encouragement, Moose. 
producer, Sarah Reed. To find out more, go to catandmoosepodcast.com. Cat and Moose is a BP production.